Hello, everybody, and welcome to week 10 of the No Limits podcast with Gary and Mac on the State Hornet Podcast Network. I am Mac Irvin III, and joining me, as always, is my good friend Gary Singh. Gary, how are you this week? What's up? What's happening? What's good with Mac? <laughs> well, I'm ready to take a pretty good vacation here for Thanksgiving weekend, so I'm looking forward to that. Happy Thanksgiving to all the listeners out there. Yeah, exactly. Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving's tomorrow. It doesn't feel like it's tomorrow, but it's tomorrow, and can't wait to have some good food and enjoy some football. Yeah, we'll be enjoying one less game thanks to the Ravens' COVID outbreak. We'll touch on that a little bit later, but for right now, we got a wild week of NBA free agency, and we also had another week in the NFL, so we'll talk about both of those. Let's jump right into the NBA. There was a lot of activity going on it wasn't quite the monster free agency period that it was in the last couple years but still a lot of exciting moves uh gary who would you say would be a big winner from this free agency period yeah like you said mac there wasn't too many big names moving around like that but there was a lot of movement this nba offseason with the shortened offseason and really i think it's just pretty clear the biggest winners really are two teams in my mind that are playoff teams and now really could hit to the next gear, which really was the Los Angeles Lakers. As we know, they added about four new players with the shooter, and they also added uh, Montrez Harold, Mark Gasol, and even uh, Wes Matthews. So they did a lot of in-depth retooling of this team, especially one thing I liked about the, this team that they did really was expand on their shooting and get a little younger, you know, Danny Green and – couple of the players like Dwight Howard are a little up in there in age, so and also Rondo. So it's kind of good that they got a little younger. They got a little more diverse. Something they were missing last year was um, scoring off the bench when LeBron was out. I feel like they fixed those needs. So I think the Lakers really improved. And the second team, I just wanted to give a mention to Philadelphia 76ers, adding Danny Green. Like, even though he's a little, he's been was a little inconsistent this year for the Lakers, he still is a really good 3 and D guy. Also adding a shooter, Seth Curry, really trying to help that Ben Simmons and Embiid duo prosper and get back to where they need to be, especially with the new GM, as we know, with Dan Morey and a new head coach in Doc Rivers. So, yeah, I agree with you on the Lakers. It was really surprising how they managed to win the championship, and then they went out and got better players and younger players. That was the most uh, impressive thing to me. Was it looks like they've tooled this roster for to have it for a couple more years. Uh, one team I do want to shout out there in the Easter Conference, I will shout out the Atlanta Hawks. They mm-hmm. made a lot of moves, including snatching away Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Sacramento Kings and the Milwaukee Bucks, if you want to talk, want to revisit that failed trade. Uh, but it looks like they've made some big moves. I expect them to start moving towards contention now. I was a little disappointed that they were so far down in the East last year. Hopefully they can uh, build that roster around Trey Young. Yeah, most definitely. Atlanta Hawks are did really go big deal hunting this offseason and really try to help Trey Young, the main man in that town right now, was really he's really he really has his level of shooting really can uh take this team to another level. So just adding another shooter, adding another good another great shooter as well. And Gallinari, like you said, they already have Capella up there. So just adding more depth to this roster. Also, don't even forget they added Rondo too. So, like, mm-hmm. that's another good piece. So, like, surrounding him with vets, surrounding him with some smart guys who also also fit his skill set is a great move for Atlanta Hawks. 
I'll, I really can't wait to see if they what they'll do this year. You know, I'm really in tune. Hopefully, they can get a high playoff seed. I don't know about that. Maybe more on the lower end of things because the East did get better this year. But seeing them in the playoffs would be cool, especially, you know, Atlanta's, you know, not that big of a big basketball town in terms of the team, actually. But Atlanta itself, the city, is a great city, great fan base. So hopefully, they can get some things to cheer about. And, man, we'll see Quavo more at the games. <laughs> yeah, maybe. There were also a lot of max contracts thrown around. Uh, we mentioned De'Aaron Fox last week. He signed his super max extension. Well, so did Jason Tatum, and so did Donovan Mitchell. Three max contracts from this draft class, as well as Brandon Ingram from 2016. I, I think Bam, too, his, might be on the way, too. And Bam out of bio, too. I'm a little conflicted on Brandon Ingram, though. I don't know. Is he really Max money worthy? That's a good question to ask, Mac. I mean, I'd say this with Brandon Ingram. I think the Pelicans, they had no choice to but give him the Max because he, I mean, he gardens that type of talent and that type of deal. And I think they still have a lot to see from him and a lot of growth to see from him. And I know people calling him like Katie-ish before the draft and like, but all in all, I think he went to a good situation. Like he said, we've seen this year, man. He was in the running for a most improved player. So you got to give Brandon Ingram his props. I mean, I've seen a lot of good things in Brandon Ingram's game this year that can really help him develop and really, I think, want to be one of the key corner, cornerstones of that franchise. And I think kind of works well with Zion, to be honest with you. You kind of want a perimeter outside kind of guy with Zion because Zion, you know, is a driver, penetrator, driving kick, nice little mid-range if you could develop that a little better. So I think that's a good move for them. They still got a lot of young pieces like Lonzo and other things like that on that team that they have to figure out. They still have Reddick, which is a good thing to have. So they have a lot of pieces in that um, in their toolhouse right now. They've got to get, I think, uh, Blake, uh, Griffin is doing a good job of trying to mold this team into a, a playoff contender. Yeah, I think so too. Maybe not a true contender yet, but it's definitely trending in the right direction. I will shout out one more team that I thought did really well for the period, and that was the Portland Trailblazers. It was obvious they had a pretty good starting lineup with uh, Lillard and McCollum there, when, when they were healthy, that is. But, you know, they went out and got a pretty good depth pieces. Of course, they re-signed uh, Carmelo Anthony and Rodney Hood. Uh, then they went out and traded for Robert Covington. They got Harry Giles, which could be a really nice piece. Uh, shame for all of us Sacramento fans that uh, – Vlade Divac taught Harry Giles a lesson of going somewhere else by declining that option. But I think he'll prove to be a pretty nice piece for Portland there. And they also brought back Enos Cantor. So really beefing up that bench in that center position, which I was a real uh, sticking point for them last year in the playoffs when uh, Collins and Nurkic both went down. Exactly. I'm happy the Rockets brought by Melo. I mean, he seemed to fit on that team. I don't think he should have went nowhere else. I feel like he found his spot for these last couple of years, you know, to give him a chance to be impactful on a winning team. And hopefully the Blazers can have a better start than last year. We all know they had a little injuries here and there last year. It was a little slow start last year for that team. So hopefully they can be higher in the seating and not really trying to fight for the eight seed like they were this year, you know, and start off well. And I think, like you said, the moves you pointed out is going to be really beneficial for this team. All right. Give me some losers from free agency. Who lost a lot in this free agency period? Well, let's just take it real quick. I don't want to call them losers real quick, but I do. Let's just, uh, we'll keep that for later. I was going to say the Sacramento Kings, but let's just say that for like the end of us just getting a little in depth on what we think because we are Sacramento Kings fans. But in terms of losers yeah. off the bat, I think, Denver Nuggets are kind of one of the big losers here in terms of they should not let Jamie, Jamie Grant go. I know they probably want to give more room and more minutes to um, 
my uh to Michael Porter Jr. right now because he's also on the way too. But I mean, that was a good defender to guard a lot of wings in this league. And I mean, their team was really in depth. So them losing a couple players here and there, not really tooling up again. I they were one step away really from going to the finals, and they don't have to get over that Los Angeles Lakers hump. So I think from the outside looking, it looks like they're banking on the players they have right now to take another leap and Jamal Murray and Jokic and Michael Porter, Michael Porter Jr. So I think that could bode well for them, but I will kind of put them in a loser category right now. Not like too big of a losers, just little small things here and there. I still think they can maybe also get a couple more shooters to really help Jokic in that team, really spread that team out a lot, especially if you're going to play the Lakers. You're going to have to really outshoot the Lakers, really looking like it come down when it looks like it right now. And another loser team, I mean, you kind of want to say the Houston Rockets, to be honest with you, Matt. I mean, they still got Harden. They still got Westbrook. But all the things that are flying out of that place, it just seems like it's not going well. They picked up DeMarcus Cousins over. So it's kind of like they're cleaning house, but they still got some guys there for them winning. They haven't traded the superstars yet, which I think we all think they're on the move. So I think that's one of the losers. And I think, uh, see, I want Milwaukee, I don't want to put them as losers, but it is bad, like we talked about. They didn't get bogey. That was a big, big miss right there, and that can be the difference. Like I know I said it here last week. I think Giannis is going to stay 99%, but that was also, in fact, because I thought they were going to get that bogey move and really solidify that backcourt right now for him to have complete two shooters on for his uh, point guard and shooting guard position. So that not being solidified kind of put things back in the air, and I think they still need a couple more moves. Like I was telling you, they still need, I think, a defined second guy Chris Milton's a good guy, but I think he's going to be better fit to be a third guy. And I also think another loser, the Boston Celtics, was the uh, next team. I mean, again, they're kind of in the Denver Nuggets situation to me where they just wanted to grow more and grow their talent. But, like, losing going Hayward for nothing, I know they're trying to maybe work out a deal right now still, a signing trade deal, but still losing these players for nothing, not really tuning up to the next level. It's going to be a little hurt their team. I know they're trying to pick up also a center as well. So let's see what they do here. I mean, it's all about these teams, Denver and Boston, about the jumps they make. Also Miami, these teams are kind of in the middle. They're not really complete losers to me, but they're in the middle. They didn't make too many bigger jumps. So I think they're banking on their players growing. And let's see if that them banking on that is going to work. If it doesn't work, then it's going to look bad. as a bad season for them. I'm also curious as to what's going on in L.A. with the Clippers, you know. Losing Montrez mm-hmm. Harrell, that was something that I did not see coming, especially him going to the Lakers of all teams, jumping straight to another L.A. rival. So, um, I mean, looking at the roster, they haven't really – they didn't really get a whole lot. Uh, they got Luke Kennard in a trade. That one – that's in a Landry Shamit out. But, uh, yeah, you know, with the way their season ended last year, you know, not going out and making a whole bunch of moves – I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen with L.A. this year, but uh, I'm curious to see how that stacks up, especially when you see that what the Lakers did, you know, and looks like a lot of teams in the West are starting to get stronger. Uh, uh, another lo- minor loser that I would put, it's not their fault, though, but definitely Golden State mm-hmm. because they were going to be contenders this year, I feel, especially with that Kelly Oubre trade. I really like that move, shoring up that – uh you know, fringe first unit, bench unit with Kelly Oubre, but the loss of Clay Thompson is really going to hurt their playoff standings. 
All right, you mentioned them a little earlier, so let's talk about them now for the fact that we are both Sacramento-based. Let's talk about the Sacramento Kings. And uh, they've had an interesting free agency period because they brought in, um, looking at this uh, sheet right here, absolutely no one. They have not done one single acquisition outside of the draft so far. And uh, obviously their two big losses, well, actually three, because with Kent Bazemore going to Golden State, loss. Uh, they lost they lost Harry Giles loss. for nothing to Portland, and then they lost Bogdan Bogdanovich to Atlanta for you guessed it nothing. What did you think about Monty McNair's decision not to pick up Bogdanovich's option? It seemed to me like they were waffling back and forth, and I can see both sides of the argument, but it really hurts to lose a player of you know somewhat value just for nothing. So, Mac, I was looking on social media. You know, social media is not what all the whole talk around the town is, but it gives you a glimpse, I guess, what fans are thinking and the conversations going on, you know. I don't like to make social media that's the end-all, be-all of what's happening in sports, but that does play a role. And I've been seeing a lot of player people, especially with Kings fans, discussing and arguing on comments, talking about should they rebuild or should they tank. But now we're at a point. Well, it's not between rebuilding or tanking, guys. It's about just building, period. Not rebuilding. Just building, period. Like, tanking, guys, we tried this. It, you got to have lucky balls far away to get picks. You also got to get the right picks. We all seen, look at Tate, not Tatum, uh, Donovan Mitchell dropped in the draft. Like, there's players that we've dropped, we passed on Clay Town. There's players that we have passed on that would end up being great players. I believe we also passed up on Dame Lillard, if I'm correct, too. Rebuilding. I like it, but I don't like the uh, uh, the idea of giving away certain uh, giving away certain things like letting like letting bogey go away, like giving away good assets for nothing. Like that's not what I like about rebuilding. I know McNair seems like he's want to rebuild and retool the way he wants to, which kind of makes sense if you're a GM, you're gonna do it how way you want to. But like when we have good assets like Buddy, we have good assets like Bogey, like even Bazemore, we could have probably got something for him. Like I want to see what we did two years ago when we felt like we're about to make the playoffs with Jaeger, like where we had identity. Like there's two things we lost this year. We didn't have identity. We were running good. Now we were slowing down, mix it around. We still have no identity. That's the first thing I need to see from the Kings. The second thing I need to see from the Kings and McNair is, okay, if you're going to build, like I said, not rebuild, build, the three things you need to do are like what Denver kind of do, Miami does. Build a winning culture that helps with building within your players to player development. You know, second thing is, like I've been saying, we got to keep De'Aaron Fox happy. Yeah, he signed his regular deal, but to be honest with you, every rookie signs his deal. I want to see the Kings tool around De'Aaron Fox in a smart way, not giving up too much. You know, I know what they're trying to say. They don't want to give too much because I know our chances of really winning right now is not that big. But obviously, making the playoffs is a win for us. Like people say, oh, why? We're just going to lose in the first round. Can we get somewhere first? Can we do something? Like, right. there's baby exactly. steps in this league. I think we tried 14 years of losing. We tried those ways, guys. It's not going to work. We got to win. We got to win now. And and I'm not saying mortgage the future, trade everyone, try to get players. Like, no, overpay for players. No, I'm not saying that. But keeping being smart, keeping assets, and, you know, just bring the putting the right pieces together, putting some vets on this team to help out. Like that one year, like I said, Jaeger, I don't want to go too long. I want to give you time, Mac, but like we had a reason that year, you know, helped our camaraderie, helped the winning culture. Everyone even said that. Yeah. It just sucks because it feels like it's a futile situation, no matter how you cut it. I mean, we've been in this situation for many years where it's like it's peaks and valleys, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we had hope when we drafted, 
you know, Willie Collie's time and that faded. And then I don't know about you, but I never liked the Papianis pick. I won't count that as hope. But uh, the Fox pick, that was hope. And then, you know, it's been a roller coaster ride being we're still with on the hope Sacramento with Kings. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, we're still on hope with Fox, but they got to build around him. And, you know, I'm willing to give Monty McNair in this new regime time. I mean, we gave Lottie a number of years and he kept messing it up at every turn. So I'm willing to see what McNair can do. I hope Vivek stays out of this, like stays out of personnel decisions and that kind of thing. Like just write the checks and be, do what the good owner does. If you are not that man, you are not that knowledgeable about the situation as your GM, just let him make the decisions. All right. And I think it's, it's going to take time no matter what route the Kings are going to do. So um, you know, it, it sucked. The bogey situation sucked, but from what I've read, especially with Beach Report, it sounds like the tampering complaint mm-hmm. really screwed both the Kings and Milwaukee in that situation. So there was really a no-win situation for the Kings I told when it came you. to Bogdanovich and that offer sheet. So told you the snitching and uh, the ratooing. Yeah, <laughs> there's some snitching going on. So uh, you know, it, it's it's a tough situation, but we're just gonna have to see what happens here all right very quickly let's move over to the nfl and let's talk about gary give me your three best teams in the afc right now as we're approaching week 12 of the nfl season so my three best teams in order i gotta put it at casey number one i gotta go my pittsburgh steelers number two and number three has been up in the air for me just in the fact that there's so many teams fighting the wild card to fight in this playoff position but number three, I'm going to go with, it's going to be a shocker. It's going to be a shocker. The Las Vegas Raiders as number three. Ooh. I still don't believe in Buffalo fully. Shari, Sean Hoka, we all know you love your Bills. Those are my three teams. Again, I'm still sticking with my Super Bowl pick, Casey. I believe Casey's still locked and loaded and ready to go. I had no worries at all in this Raiders game. I mean, I did think they were going to come out and smack them in the face, slap them, backhand them, but it's all good. They wanted to relax. So, but I still got Patrick Mahomes and the Patrick Mahomes things. My Steelers, say it again, say it all year. We're just all around, I feel like, the best team, most complete team in the league. And I just think the Las Vegas Raiders at this moment are hot. They might have lost this week, but offensively they've been hot. Defensively they've still been doing really good. So, I believe this team's really put together. Those are my top three teams right now. But there's a lot of teams knocking on that third door. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the first two teams are pretty set, no matter what order you want to put them in. I'll still put Pittsburgh at one because if you're undefeated, you deserve to be the best team in in the league and in your conference. So I'm just going to have Pittsburgh at one, Kansas City at two. And, man, this is this is a real dogfight right here at 7-3 and three for who's the best team. But uh, going off of current momentum, I'm going to throw a real curveball in, in the works. I'm going to say the Indianapolis Colts Ooh. are the third best team in the AFC. You're going to have to give me reasons right now. right now, Mac, on that one. I don't know. They just keep managing to pull out results. It's I, You know, I didn't believe Phillip Rivers was going to have that big of a change going to Indianapolis because we saw how big, you know, how declining he was starting to get in L.A., but – it looks like things are just clicking in Indianapolis. We know they've had a decent defense the past couple of years. Obviously, they were considered Super Bowl contenders last season before losing Andrew Luck to retirement. So um, maybe if the Magic keeps – if they keep finding a way to pull out results, there's no reason to think they couldn't go on and do the unthinkable. 
I like all the other teams, though. It's a real dogfight. I'm, I'm a little sketchy on Cleveland. Buffalo is the same thing. Uh, Tennessee is a little bit wishy-washy, too, when they play teams. But, I, you know, I guess every team kind of plays down the competition right now, especially the Steelers. Hmm. But uh, Not this week. I'm, yeah, well, we'll find out, I guess. Huh. But, yeah, so I'm going to say Indianapolis is the third best team in the AFC right now. Yeah, I mean, Indianapolis is really good. I think Indianapolis, in my mind, uh, I think I got that first five weeks stuck in my head real quick about what they look like. But you're right, they turned the curve. And I shouldn't have given that benefit of the doubt like I gave Tampa to turn the curve because of a new team. But let's head on to the NFC, the NFC side. Mac, who do you think are your top three teams on the NFC right now? Right now, I got the Saints at number one. I was a little bit indifferent on them at the beginning of the season, but they've really clicked on as of late. Uh, number two, still going to go with my homerism and still going to say this, the Seattle Seahawks at number two right now. And for number three, this hurts because I've predicted, I said both of these teams are fraudulent, but I mean, going off of current form right now, I'm going to have to say the Rams are the third I knew best it. team in the NFC right I now. Knew it. It's and it hurts so much because I so dislike the Rams, but they, they find a way to pull out results, and that's what it's about in this league. I said it with Indianapolis. I don't have the faith in Jared Goff, but they keep finding a way to get results, and that's ultimately what matters. So they're my number three team in the NFC right now. So Saints, Seahawks, and Rams. Quick note on Jared Goff. Hey, you got to give him pops on that Monday night game coming down and scoring that touchdown. I mean, I was really looking at it. No, I think they gave Tom Brady too much time, but hey, Tom Brady didn't finish the job. But let's go to my top three. My top three right now at the moment is you got to go with the Saints, I believe, number one. See, and number two, I was debating, do I want to put Seattle in there? Mm, sorry, Mag, just not right now. It's mm. not looking fabulous for you guys right now. But I get it, I get you it. You get it, you get it. Number two, see, the Rams are also in my mind, too. Like, Rams are looking good, especially off the week, the win they just came off of. That defense is nothing to play around. Ain't nothing to play around with that defense. And like you said, that offense is starting to click at the right time. But I'm still going to go number two with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm still going to ride with the Tampa I know they have a lot of big up and down weeks. I believe Tom Brady is going to be able to write the course when he needs to. He's in a new system that doesn't really feel like it fits him too much with these big plays. You know, I don't really know why Bruce Arians is kind of forcing the system on him when he should just be able to play the system he wants. So, number two, I got I got those guys, Tampa Bay. Number three, I'm going to put your Seattle Seahawks right there at three. Right there at three. <laughs> I think they can be right there, right, right there head to toe with Green Bay. It was really hard for me to pick between those two. But I I still believe Russell Wilson slightly better, even though their defense is just pathetic at the moment. All right, all right. Uh, real quick, uh, we got two Thanksgiving games tomorrow because Steelers and Ravens got postponed to Sunday. So give me your predictions for the two Turkey Day games. One, give me who's gonna win in one sentence on why Texans and Lions. Texans and Lions. I got the Texans because of. Deshaun Watson, that's it. That's a very good pick. You said everything I was going to say there. And then Washington and Dallas. I don't put my haterism cap on. I don't care. I want Washington to win because all my family's going to room for the Cowboys. I know when they hear this, they're going to be laughing. So I don't want y'all to win. I got Washington winning this game and taking the lead in the division. Cowboys do what they do, make you cry on Thanksgiving. I got Dallas taking this. 
They're going to pull out. They're going to finish this season strong, and they're going to go on to win the NFC East. <laughs> this is the turning point right here. I'm putting this down. The Cowboys are going to win, and they're going to go on to win the East. They're going to lose that first game, man. <laughs> yeah. in the playoffs. all right and on and on that bombshell hot take that's gonna do it for this episode of no limits be sure to check out all the other podcasts on the state hornet podcast network check out buzz the new variety show go check out max's table go check out the state hornet spotlight podcast and come back here next week for the next episode of no limits peace